So hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of J Screening Room, a podcast centered around cinema, the industry, and the future. Very, very, very special episode today. I know I say that literally every time, <laughs> but this one is accurate because we have the one and only Jude Nelson in the virtual <laughs> virtual house. Yeah, my name is Jude Nelson. Uh, I've known Kave for a few years now. Actually, what, like four? <laughs> I think it's been like five or five six. Five or six? Wow, that is crazy. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into what this episode is going to be about? Uh, so I'm a, I'm a post-production major uh, at DePaul University. Um, and uh, I really love editing. I really love anything to do with post-production. So like sound mixing, uh, color, color grading, anything really. And I'm not a professional. I want to say that outright. And uh, I'm just, I'm really excited to get into it as a career. Yeah, you're the closest to a professional we've had on the podcast so far. <laughs> Congratulations <Thank> you. <laughs> to you. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm really excited about this because uh, we really, on this podcast, have only highlighted like movies mm-hmm. in general, which actually, that's that sounds really dumb. <laughs> but I'm meaning like new releases of movies yeah, or yeah. like... And actually, I just posted some updates about the podcast on um, Cabbage Reviews. And basically, like, we're going to try. I, I don't know why I keep saying we. As if it's <laughs> it's not, me and you, man. Just a single person's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the, the goal for the rest of the podcast, for however long it lasts, is to kind of dig deep into the archives and really mm-hmm. get into, like, what makes a movie oh, yeah. and how that's changed over time. And I think this is the perfect. Yeah. This episode will be the perfect example of that because post-production is literally taking raw material and shaping it into what you ship off into theaters. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Um, Before we start with, like, you questioning me, I want to ask you, what what movie are you looking forward to right now? Oh, my God. (laughs) So many. I know, right? COVID's over, so they're all sort of coming out now. Like, it's crazy. Well, I'm a... I'm a bit worried. The more I see uh, reading through, like, Deadline and Variety, the more I'm convinced cautiously pessimistic that a lot of these fall releases are going to be delayed oh yeah with the delta variant yeah. the studios the studios office. right now when i said that like covid's over i mean the studios think covid's over all yeah. these all these movies are about to come out and we'll see if they do but with, with everything and how it's going i don't really know but what are you excited for oh my god <laughs> let me think because the fall festivals are about to kick off and there are many stereotypical ways to go about answering this so i will pick um i don't know if you watch a lot of anime okay but no i i I love avatar avatar that's anime right i think it is i i don't think it's the anime um i'm thinking about because i usually watch like film anime not okay anime wait tell me what what you're excited for so is this movie called bell from this guy named mamoru hosoda who's like an incredible animator and has these like wild stories. I don't really know what it's about, but I've heard a lot of buzz about it from Ken. Okay. And what's it called? I've really enjoyed a lot of his other work. It's called bell. I think it has something to do with beauty and the beast, but also like cyberbullying. Okay. Interesting. And it seems like a wild concept, but I'm excited to see how everything plays out. And then of course there's like, obviously last night in Soho is going to be. Oh my God. I forgot about that one. I, I know. About it, that one. Yo, you know, have you seen that new 3D Hayao Miyazaki? No, it's Hayao Miyazaki's son. 
Have you seen that? It's co- it's Which one? from Studio Ghibli. Ghibli. I don't know how you say it. Earwig and the Witch. Yeah, it's the 3D one. Yeah. What do you think about it's that? It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's real bad. Yeah. I saw like a comment. It was like it looks like a, a movie you'd buy for like a dollar at Walmart or something. No, it honestly does. Is it out? Like, it is out. It is. They like shoved it onto HBO oh Max God, to get I didn't rid even of it. Came out. Yeah, so it was on the can lineup um, last year, but it's obviously a Studio Ghibli thing. They're just going to let any movie from Studio Ghibli mm-hmm. there, but it's basically... And it's weird because the story is written... It's based off something written by the person who wrote, I believe, Kiki's Delivery Service, but it yeah. might be another one of the most famous. So it had the story, but even the story felt really bad. And it's it's did one of those movies it? that's like... I okay, did. okay. I, yeah, yeah, I went on a Ghibli binge last year in uh, quarantine, okay. so I was I was pretty excited for it. Wait, did that come Ghibli, out last but, year? Uh, it came out in February. Oh my goodness! This year. Okay, I completely missed that. I mean, I think I just saw it and I was like, "Oh, that's a new Studio Ghibli film that's coming out." <laughs> and then yeah. I didn't watch it. It's actually it. been discussed really? on this podcast because I did an episode and I was like, "There is a new Ghibli Ghibli movie." Okay. Do not watch it. Do not waste your time. It's only 82 minutes, yet it's still a waste of time. Wow. Especially because, like, my neighbor Totoro is 86 minutes. So it's like, if you really had to pick, yeah. there's a much better choice that yeah. has lasted decades. And this one is instantly forgotten. Yeah, I mean, when you sad. brought it up, I had no idea what you were talking about for a second. <laughs> yeah. And then was like, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, well, I'm a, what are you excited I'm ex- for? I'm, I'm excited for the French Dispatch. I, yeah <laughs> i yeah. mean come on like i'm 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 so i'm gonna go to the, i'm watching that i'm going to the theater i'm gonna watch it alone i'm not going with anyone with anyone that's the only way it, to is, do it. it really is like i need to watch that alone like i'm i'm just too excited for it have you read anything about it because it, it already premiered mm. like, yeah it premiered at, at, at um was it sundance it was can can uh, yeah, yeah, yeah didn't it get like a yeah. really long ovation standing ovation that's typical of Ken. Re- I mean, I don't know if you've heard of the movie Stillwater with Matt Damon that just came out. That's not very good. Okay. But um, they're bragging that it got like a five minute standing ovation at Ken. Okay. But standing ovations at Ken are like commonplace. I thought it was Sundance. But is Sundance not even happening? No, because no, that's in the that's in the fall, right? The Sundance was in uh, January, so it already happened. Okay, I don't know which one I saw. I saw it. It might have been Ken, but like the news it's thing I read was to... it said it was like. It was really rare for it to get a standing ovation, so maybe they were lying. Okay. Yeah. Well, it got it. It has pretty good reviews across the board. Oh my god, the cast I, is insane. I know, and he already <laughs> he's already working on the next. Movie, he is. Which oh is my god, I love it. Yeah, I love it because that was meant to come out before COVID. Yep, July of last mm-hmm. year. That's it was meant to premiere at Cannes of 2020, and then they pushed it back, yeah. which was pain. But yeah, I know it is what I it know. is. It, October now. Less than two months, yeah. I think. Not, not, it comes out in October. I don't know what date specifically, but... I believe it's the same day as Dune, which is insane. Has Dune not come out yet? <laughs> Dune comes out October Dude, 22nd. I thought Dune would already come out. <laughs> no, not that yet. That movie didn't really not appeal yet. to me, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. You can change my mind if you want, but... I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I would say if you've read the book. Okay, I haven't read the book. So, yeah. yeah, I would recommend the book is actually pretty good. It's just long okay. is the only Got it. thing. But so basically for the listeners, because we still haven't really explained what's going on. I have compiled a series of nine, technically 10, because there's a sub question. 
uh, questions for Jude about his experience so far in film school and what he thinks about where editing and in a broader sense cinema is at the moment, which uh, could take a very long time, but we'll keep it short for you guys we'll because a lot, a lot has happened in the past few years and a lot will continue to happen. So, and then I think we'll just see where we go from there. Yeah. Are you ready, Jude? I'm ready. All right. So the first question, pretty simple one. How would you define film editing to a complete newbie or anyone just listening to this podcast um, for the first time ever? If you had to yeah. give them a definition. Um, it's basically just finalizing the film or the show, you know, taking what's been shot and putting it all together. I mean, obviously it gets more complex than that, but on a basic level, that's all it is. Yeah. And you're like, you're making it fit the director's vision. That's one of your main jobs. But you're also like making decisions on what works well. Those decisions are like, you're getting into the psychology of how the person is going to watch the film. It's weird, but it's really wow. cool, you know? So like you're yeah. trying to like, you're making decisions based on what the audience wants to see and what the audience needs to see. And then also you need to look at what, what's their best performance because there's multiple takes, you know? Yeah, of course. And um, I have an example here. Okay, so yeah, so a good, a good example for like an editor knowing where the audience should be looking versus where they want to be looking is, have you seen Interstellar? You probably have. Of course. You know the course. scene where Cooper's like finding out, wait, spoilers by the way, <laughs> if no one's seen I'd, it. <laughs> I'm hoping the listeners have seen yeah. it. If you have not seen Interstellar, you need, you need please to see watch that. But uh, there's a scene where Cooper, he finds out that he's like missed his children's whole childhood. And the whole mm -hmm. time the camera's just focusing on the... Uh, like them sending him messages throughout all these years. The video it's such logs, a this yeah. movie is so like I have to watch it three times to truly really get it. But it just focuses in on that, and then there's like a cut, and then it's him just crying, you know. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And like the editor made a conscious decision to not show the audience him beginning to cry, like while he's crying. Like they just focus on that, and then it like it went right to him, and he uh, he was just crying. It was like I started crying. <laughs> Dude, and the music, oh the stay, it's the stay scene. <laughs> Everything works so perfectly. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, it's a good film. I'm going to watch it again soon. Now. I'll be honest. I've been thinking about it. Uh, Have you seen Tenet yet? No. And I, I, okay. and I remember when that came out and everyone was like shitting on it. Oops, sorry. Sorry for God's sake. No, it's okay. Right. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, no worries. And I was like, and I, was like I, I don't know if I want to watch this, you know? Do you think it's good? I like it a lot. Yeah. I didn't at first, and it has since grown on me. Um, I think I've actually seen it more times than Interstellar. Okay, interesting. In my memory. Um, and I actually just saw it this weekend in 70 millimeter. Um, oh, cool. And eardrums died. It was <laughs> yeah, I'm just sure. way too loud. I'm sure. But the way... So people tend to just say it's really empty, which it is. But technically, all movies don't really have to be that upfront with their meaning. Yeah. Like, I like to compare it to a James Bond movie where it's like, it's just fun to watch this happen. Yeah, it that's true. necessarily that's true. Like no one goes into a James Bond movie expecting the themes of like interstellar yeah, or inception. Yeah. It's just like, why would you even do no, that? Yeah, that's but true. I, I'll give it a shot. I think you might like it from the visual perspective yeah. because this idea of filming one thing in the center of the frame happening in forward time while everything happens in reverse. Yeah. And it's just incredible. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm interested to see what you think. I'll about check it, it out. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So yeah, there's 
this is what this is what the editor chooses to show you essentially and then there's there's times where like a scene will be better edited in a different way than what the director wants just because of what they have so if i if i think about like a film that's good at that it's the it's the wolf of wall street like if you watch that you'll like see a lot of continuity and errors things that are like apparently are sins which i don't think they are i think it's more about emotion um, but you'll see all mm -hmm. these continuity errors but it just it still works really well because the editor i forgot her name but um, is it thelma i think it is she's like the most famous editor yeah I think. scorsese's yeah. go to yeah i think yeah, it's like exactly. thelma schumacher or something but but like that could be wrong. she she's like a great editor and like you see all these continuity errors when you look for them, but if you're not looking for them, you're not going to see them. Yeah, that actually brings me to another question I had for you. That we're going out of order, but screw it. That's fine. Um, so when you watch a movie, as someone who's focused on the post production aspect of it, what do you look for? Which is kind of an odd question, but I don't know. At least I find myself looking for different things in movies when I'm like when I know yeah. I have to write about it, as opposed to when I'm just watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I look at all the other departments too. Okay. Like I don't just focus on editing because that would be, that would be obsessive, you know. Yeah, because editing is like it's it's the culmination of like all the other departments' work, and you're sort of the one putting it together. And you're not even the one person. There's like a, there's whole teams for this this stuff. But you're like part of that effort to put all everyone's work together and make into this final product. So like I look at set design, um, cinematography. I I love all of it really. Okay. But I mean, in, in regards to um, post-production, like I'd say the color grade, I looked at that. I, I think sound is really important. Mm -hmm. um, and all the major movies don't mess that up. Um, it's, it's student films that need to get that like down. Because like you can, you can have a movie that's filmed okay, like a student film that's filmed okay. And if the sound's amazing, it'll almost be like, it's kind of cool, you know? Yeah. The way it was filmed was an aesthetic choice, you know, as long as the sound is like good. But... I don't know. I think I, I look at films the same way you do, you know? Yeah, it just has a culmination. Because editing's supposed to be invisible. That is true. That that's is true. That's what good editing is. It's like, I mean, and then there's some, I mean, okay, not all editing should be invisible. There's some films, which we'll probably talk about later, that are like really good, that are like edited very like in your facey, but like really good editing, like you're not supposed to notice it, you know? And then when you look at all the details, it's like, whoa, it's like a hidden world. <laughs> yeah, but like, can you notice bad editing pretty easily? That's an, another mm -hmm. question I just had. Yeah. It's super easy to tell, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <sighs> there's, some, there's some films like Bohemian Rhapsody. Just going to bring that up. Oscar winning for editing. I'm just going to drop it. Oscar winning for, for editing. Horrifying. Like there was one scene with 130 cuts or something. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> How did that win the best? I don't know. Like most films I watch, the editing isn't like appalling. Yeah. That was the only film where it was appalling. And they, oh, they recreated the, uh, what was the concert, the festival they did? Live Aid? Yeah, Live Aid. They recreated that really well. Yeah. That was like shot for shot remake. So they did well in that part towards the end. The, uh, I know exactly what scene you're talking about. Some of about. the scenes. The meeting scene? Yeah. Where like the Oh, the meeting scene. Moved. That's the oh, one I'm talking about. Yeah. That, that yeah. was nasty. Um, but I mean, honestly... It made a lot of money, right? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that film was very popular, so... Almost won Best Picture, which is not great yeah. to think about. And then Green Book won instead, which is still just bad. Just a mess yeah. up. <laughs> Two bad yeah, options. Yeah, that was... Yeah, Green Book was a little... Yeah. <laughs> but now that, we're, um, now that we're on the subject of Bohemian Rhapsody, um, besides that, which I, we've already talked about a little bit, 
Yeah. Uh, do you think that the recent Oscar winners have been deserving? Why or why not? And I'm just going to run through the list for the people yeah. listening. Um, I don't know if you've seen all of these, but have you seen Sound of Metal? No. So, no, I haven't seen Sound of Metal. Oh, my. You're going to love it. Really? The the things okay. they do with sound in that movie, no pun intended, since it's literally in the title, <laughs> is, like, insane. And okay, that's, that's fun. It's probably the most obvious award of the entire oscars like there's no way this movie cannot win sound uh since i think they combine those categories but it's great um so the oscar winners since 2011 have been the social network the girl with the dragon tattoo argo both both fincher both those are fincher let's go as it should be (laughs) gravity whiplash mad max fury road hacksaw ridge dunkirk bohemian rhapsody ford versus ferrari and sound of metal yeah. There's kind of a trend. Yeah. Reading those out. It's Seems weird. Like it's weird. Movies. It's weird because like I'm, I feel like some of those won best picture too. Uh I believe I could be I think only Argo did. Really? Yeah, in 2013. Did, did um did Girl the Dragon Tattoo or did Social Network not? Oh my god. No. And one of the worst really? Oscar results. I was ever. too young. Social Network <laughs> long to the lost to the King's speech, which is horrifying. The King. I don't even know that movie. Exactly. No one remembers it because it was <laughs> so bland. Aged so much, so much better, so much better. I know it it's an well incredible on. movie. Everything about yeah. it is like so perfectly paced, whereas yeah, the so King's I, speech is pretty boring. I ranked. I ranked the films you sent me. The okay. Oscar. Yeah. So um, I'm have to go with. Both the David Fincher films, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and Social Network, are like top. I those are both number one. Okay. Um, in editing, I'd say just just because Fincher is just so airtight with it. Ultimate control freak. Ultimate in the best way. Freak. In the best. In the best way. way. Yeah. And those both were edited by. Um, oh. I think it's like the last name is like Baxter and Wall. They've done like they've done. I don't. I, th- I know they did the, the um the the girl dragging two tattoo on the social network, and I feel like they've done other adventure movies. But those two are my number one. And then, uh, Whiplash was great. If I'll be honest, I, I don't think I watched that from an editing perspective. But if I think about how it was edited, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Dunkirk that trailer. Was also great. Oh my god. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> and then I I never watched Mad Max Fury Road, but I just I love the color grading on that one. How have you? You are going to. I knew love you were going to say that. I knew it's so good. That. It's like Kayvon's <laughs> favorite movie of all time. That and Interstellar, yeah. which is funny that you brought Interstellar up. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. you have not seen that. I know I am too. I've been meaning to for a while. Isn't it about like a? Isn't it like a dystopian world where uh, there's no like gasoline? Yeah. Uh, no, there's yeah. there's no water. Is the there's main. no water? Yeah. Um, I thought there was. I thought there was no gasoline. I don't think there's that much gasoline either, but the way mm-hmm. they distribute the water is a bit like, it's like, this is not the, cause they have these giant like pipes from mm-hmm. the, where the dictator sits and like a bunch of water just flows out and hits everyone on the ground. Who's like <laughs> trying to scoop it up. It just doesn't feel like the best way to distribute the water, but that's not, that's not the biggest issue. I love that you're getting into like the, the engineering of, of it all. Like I know I'm just like, guys, if the bureaucracy has failed here. But there's yeah. multiple. There's many other issues going on, but it's yeah. basically just like a ultra gory. I don't, I don't even know if it's that gory. Just ultra action packed car chase, and right. then they get to their destination. And this is like a slight spoiler, but not that bad. They kind of have to go back 
So it's kind of the yeah. same thing again, but it's just so entertaining. And the stunt work is incredible. And the color grading is awesome. Yeah. Um, between the yeah. two main hues. No, that's that's one thing I've I noticed. Like I was like I thought that, I thought they like nailed the orange and teal look. <laughs> yeah. And then um I know Gravity is I, I watched that I think when it came out. You know, I'll be honest, I do have a little bit of respect for Gravity because I don't know how to edit like special effects. That mm-hmm. that is beyond my like uh, <laughs> I'm going to learn eventually cuz I'm taking a few classes at DePaul for that, but Right now, like, I have no idea how to, what the workflow looks like for that. You know, like, do they do the special effects first and then give it to the editor? Does the editor just have to imagine it? I think, I think it's the latter. Wow. But yeah, and then uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was at the bottom of my list. Okay, so. Um, and the ones I haven't seen are Ford versus Ferrari, Hacksaw Ridge, Argo, and then um, Sound of Metal. Okay. I. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into this in a little bit. I don't know if Ford versus Ferrari was the best choice for editing, but I'm not an Academy voter, so I couldn't have my that say, is very which is true. sad. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, when we get to our list of three, there is a 2019 movie that I think is exceptionally edited, and I hope you agree. But yeah. um, so this is kind of, I hope there's something for this. If not, no worries. Um <laughs> What are some secrets of editing? And I think we've kind of highlighted this a tiny bit that most regular mm-hmm. film viewers wouldn't even think about while watching movies unless you bring them yeah. up right now and then we'll all think about them. We'll conceptualize yeah. them. I mean, I, I don't think there are secrets. It's all there. It's weird. If you look for it, you'll just, you'll see it. It's sort of like hiding in plain sight. Like, and you can, you can study a film enough to get a grasp of the editor's style. If, if I were to give things to look for, it, it would be like how the editor cuts to other characters. You know, okay. When they choose to show the reactions to whatever someone is saying. I think the thing that gets me is, is how like, <laughs> I don't know any celebrity editors. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of love it, to be honest. Yeah, it's not like cinematography where people no. know Roger Deakins' name is like mm-hmm. a house yeah. on them or Hans Zimmer's name is everyone's go if you ask someone who a film composer is as either john williams uh Moritoni or um oh my god hans zimmer hans sorry hans zimmer yeah 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 <laughs> but I, I i don't know i feel like i love how editors aren't really in the public eye you know mm-hmm. like it's sort of it's kind of cool to me because editors they have a lot of control over what the final film looks looks like there was this quote i was going to say to you it was on one of my first post production classes at school I don't know who the quote, who said this. All I, do, all I remember is the quote. And I tried looking it up and I couldn't find it. I know this exists. I don't know where, but it's basically uh, writers give birth to the script. Directors chop it up and kill it in production. And editors put all the pieces back together in post. And I mean, it's true, yeah. right? Yeah. Like they, it's like the secret architects, honestly. Well, it, it is. It's, it's totally collaborative. And um, by directors chopping up and kill it, they don't mean like, they ruin the film. They just mean that it's all the different takes. But um, I don't know. I, I love that. A production is really, it's really a team effort. You know, as much as people like to credit the director, it takes the writers, it takes the cinematographers, it takes the boom guy. And I think that's really cool because it's uh, just like a bunch of artists <laughs> doing this thing together, you yeah. know, like yeah. set design, costume. It's really cool. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that quote because it really stuck with me. No, that is a good quote. And you really don't think about how many people are involved. No, like there's you, so many you people. You do, but there's more than you always think. I mean, if you, if you sat at the credits, it's nuts. 
It's yeah. crazy. It's like, whoa. <laughs> and then you see the older films where it's like a little less, but it's still a lot of people, you know? Yeah. No, um, it's... I mean, have you seen the Marvel credits? That is insane. You have to, because there's it's a scene insane. at the end. But yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many people involved. And um, uh, as far as editing secrets, I could go into a rabbit hole about all the different types of cuts and everything. But mm -hmm. I, I think what I just say is just, like the next film you watch, just watch the cuts. Cause those, yeah. You can get a lot from it just by watching it. Cause it's I mean, it might be... It might even be easier to recognize bad editing. It, yeah. I think it probably is. I mean, everyone no, talks it about Bohemian Rhapsody specifically yeah, exactly. because of the bad editing. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like it takes you out of the movie. You know. Yeah, exactly. It's something you would so. since good editing you can't really see. You never really know you need it until mm -hmm. you're yeah. given a movie with bad editing. And speaking of bad editing, um, it's time. It has to be talked about. <laughs> So I'm curious about this because I don't actually know how ingrained you are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that yeah. has become all too too big recently. <laughs> um, but yeah. do you think that this, uh, for lack of better term, this choppy editing, um, I like to refer to it as PG-13 editing because it cuts before anything happens and then <laughs> feels really disorienting. Uh -huh. um, uh, there's probably an official term. And like this creating content over actual cinema trend that people like Martin Scorsese have been talking about and yeah, James Gunn from quote. the other side. Um, yeah. uh, have, do you think that's had any effect on how films are edited in general? And if so, in what ways? You know, I'm, I'm mixed about this. I, um, I, I don't watch Marvel films as much as I know that people do. I think I dropped off watching them around the first Avengers movie. Okay. In order, at least. It just got too big for me. It's, it's like, it's the blockbuster, you know? Those have been around yeah. for forever. There's always been, like, blockbusters. And I, I don't think that... I don't know. I don't like it when, like, Scorsese goes on and he's like, you know, it's ruining cinema. It's like... Well, no, like, it, it, this entertains people, and that's fine. And, like, maybe this will get people into, like, digging into, into movies. And I have a theory that... And this is a really just like totally loose theory. Let's go. That, that the Marvel's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe played a small part in making like TV shows are what they are today. Will you dive a little deeper into that? Sure. Yeah. So before the Marvel Universe, can you think of like any movie series that went like had like twenty movies involved with it? Because the Marvel oh, Universe, okay, it's okay. sort of like it's sort of like a big TV show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just a TV show with, like, full-length movies. I think it's a really small part that it played in that. There are much bigger parts of it, like the fact that, like, it's so easy to stream now, mm -hmm. you know, and, like, things aren't televised. But, I don't know, I, I feel like that got the general populace in, into, like, following a story, you know? Um, no, I agree. As far as editing goes, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I haven't really watched a, a Marvel film in a while. Okay. The last one I watched was, uh, what was that big finale one that they made what was that called um, was it infinity, infinity war no. or endgame endgame that's what i watched okay. that's what okay. i watched that was a long movie that was um, a long movie that was a dark movie not like dark emotionally yeah. it was just so dark you could not like i, like, I remember it. people were like the cg the cgi is so beautiful i was like it's all gray you <laughs> that much but all right yeah yeah it is one of the um, better made Marvel i mean movies, though. marvel's done a lot I don't know if they've done a lot, but I know that visual effects has come a long way. Mm -hmm. and they've um, 
in like the post-production area, they've like, their turnaround times are kind of crazy. <laughs> you know? Did you hear about yeah. Life of Pi? The Ang Lee How, movie? Yeah. Have you seen yeah. that? I have. I only saw it once back when it released. Yeah, I saw it once too. But I was reading up on like like the production, the um, special effects company that did the special effects for that film. They like went out of business after that movie. Yeah, he, he <laughs> racks up budgets. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you saw Gemini Man, which was his latest one, but like it was shot in high frame rate the entire time. Um, and you mm. can tell the difference. It's, Gemini Man's not a good movie which really ruins the fact that it was shot in that way and like constructed yeah. in that way. Cause then you're like, what was the point? Uh, I believe yeah. the Hobbit was also like that and released like that again, a yeah. bad movie. So it's disappointing, but like with a good movie mm-hmm. and like a good post-production, I can't even imagine what it would look like. I think it's called high frame, right? Now that I'm saying it, I'm like apprehensive. That that's what it's called. But I remember, <laughs> but he always racks up. Like he has a very yeah. clear vision. I don't, yeah. it never really has worked for me. I have not seen Brokeback Mountain, which is one of my shameful, I have not seen it yet, <laughs> movies. Um, <which laughs> you know, I don't I, like I admitting. Didn't watch the, I didn't watch The Godfather for the longest time. Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. It's a good <laughs> it took one. Me a long time. It's a good it is one. Good. I understand yeah, I why everyone it. loves it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I, I think a, part, a little part of me took pride in not watching it. <laughs> I know, and then I was yeah. like, "What's the point?" Yeah, you gotta exactly. see it. It just—it was just my ego, you know. <laughs> I think the worst one is I finally watched 2001: A Space Odyssey after so many years of Dude, putting it off. I just okay. I just started watching that. Prepare yourself. I didn't finish. I didn't finish it. I—I I, I think, bro, the intro is crazy. Like with the, the they—they're they're all just like humans the dressed Man. up as monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was really cool. And then, um, and then they got into the spaceship, and and it was like it just felt. I turned it off. <laughs> no, you was that was that a bad it. decision? I turned it off because, the um, the first few scenes were just like, it just felt like they were gl- like taking the uh, the fifties, flying in an airplane idea and to put it in space, you know. Like there was like a woman at the secretary when he came in and, and he was like, hello, ma'am. And then they were showing all the technology. Like, like the commercial, the commercialization of space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say, first off, if you can find a theater that's showing it, 100% it that's there. the way to see it. That's the way to okay. see it. Um, yeah. Especially with the, that like orchestral tone that's so famous, which I never realized that's 2001. Hearing yeah. that just shatter your eardrums and then remind oh my you God. of where you are. It's it was, insane. It was, the, 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 uh, the score is amazing, at least from what I so saw. So good. Like the, oh, my God. Um, anyway, we went on a tangent. I'm just going to wrap up my, the Marvel answer. Of course, of um, course. Definitely finish it, though. Yeah, I will. I will. Um, I, think that, I think that my opinion on Marvel is just, there, there are always going to be these, like, huge films in the industry that like like Star Wars was sort of like that you know yeah. there's always other films like there's a Wes Anderson film coming out so it doesn't bother me that they exist and I know that people can't be as much as a geek about film as we are so I don't know it doesn't their existence doesn't bother me and I don't think that Marvel is affecting how other films are edited yeah so that's I'd, my answer okay I yeah that's a good way to put it there's something yeah. for everyone yeah exactly who am I, I to we, say what my dad likes? My dad loves Marvel. 
Yeah, I mean, we low-key kind of said it best at the beginning when we were talking about how the mm-hmm. French Dispatch and Dune release on the same day. Um, yeah. Which maybe that's not the best way to put it because they're both like, Denis Villeneuve is like... Both of them know, have Tim- Timothy Chalamet, right? That is so true. I did not think yeah. about that. Yeah. He is hot. He is a hot dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a crazy opening weekend for him. Wow. It really well, I is. I guess we don't know if Dune is good. I guess we're, we're finding out this week. But He's um, a good actor. I like him. He's, he's, he's really theater, you know? I know. He's an NYU yeah. kid, I believe. Really? Yeah, there wow. are some stories about his experience at NYU that are very interesting, interesting that I'm not going to get into on the pod. Oh, <laughs> but, um, really? Okay. They're pretty well known on Twitter. Anyway, that's, there's kind of something for everyone coming out. Yeah. And I think yeah. streaming has helped with that because mm-hmm. movies yeah. that, I mean, Scorsese said it himself. If Netflix had not chipped in, The Irishman would not have been made. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he's making like a $200 million movie for Apple TV Plus, which is an insane sentence to That's say out loud. crazy budget. Yeah, because I don't know who has Apple TV Plus, but... Um, I don't. <laughs> if there's a Scorsese movie coming, I'm guessing people will I Yeah, I don't know. But, I, don't, I, I love Scorsese, but I didn't really appreciate the comments he made about Marvel. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That was just me. It's like, let people do what they want. <laughs> Even it's how you said it too. Even if Marvel yeah. just disappeared tonight, there would be something yeah. to take its place eventually. Yeah, this is exactly. how the trajectory always goes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, for sure. Marvel to, does a great job with it. Yeah, we'll 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 segue out of Marvel. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're all good. You're all good. Um, so back to you. Yeah. I I realized I forgot to ask this, which was meant to be asked at the beginning, but the conversation took us to different places. So can you speak a little bit about what film school has been like and your editing career thus far? And then like, if there's a specific part of editing that you want to become when you're an adult. Yeah. It took a little bit of a standstill during COVID. Before COVID a little bit. I've done a couple of student films. None of them have been put out. Those are, those are really interesting experiences. They're really fun. It sort of shows me where I need to work on as an editor. Just the, it just shows me how important the, the team aspect is, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about this one film. I don't know if I've told you about it. It's called The Trap. I think you sent it to me. I've seen it. Yeah, I wrote like a fourteen-page paper on that, um, on just all the t- all the decisions I made. But essentially, it w- it was a film that was scrapped by a director that we were assigned to edit, and I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. because it, it was like it was sort of my opportunity. <laughs> to make the film watchable you yeah know? and i'm not being like i'm not like shitting all over the director here but the <laughs> reason we were editing the film was because it was a horrible production like that was what our teacher told us it was really interesting because i sort of t- took the role as a director since it was just an assignment and i made these decisions on what served the story and what didn't i know there there were these scenes that i cut where they they started talking about how the burgers were giving them gas. That was just the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this doesn't need to be in here. <laughs> yeah. You know, like this doesn't, this isn't important. And though there was another one where they made a really, it, it wasn't, it was, it was an okay Pulp Fiction reference. But at the time I hadn't seen Pulp Fiction. And I've seen it now. Don't worry. It's a fire <laughs> movie. But at the time I had seen it. So I was like, what is, what are they talking about? And so I sent it to my mom, and I was like, do you know what they're saying? And she was like, yeah, it's a Pulp Fiction reference. I'm like, okay, I'm cutting it. <laughs> because, I mean, for references, if you're going to do a reference, you have to make it, like, work, even if someone doesn't know it, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So he said, yeah. Um, but it was all to serve what the story was about. And the story was about this cop, these two cops, who are just doing this stakeout. And during the story, you're made to believe that the one cop is trying to sabotage the other one. There are little hints and clues um, that the cop is going to sabotage his friend. And um, at the end, it turns out it wasn't a sabotage. It was a surprise birthday party. The twist that's, got me. Yeah, I remember. That's, I was like, no the, way. Yeah, that's the, that's the twist at the end. And I got that from the director, like when, from the script. He wrote and directed it. And I was like, okay, that is what this is about. Let me just put in everything that serves that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took out all the bad jokes. Um, <laughs> I cut out the part where he feeds the dog a fry. I just cut so much. It was, it's like, it was like a 14-minute, maybe 15-minute rough cut. And I, I got it down to nine minutes. Wow. And it made the film watchable. Like, I can send you the paper if you want, but there, there were just all these decisions that I made and that I wouldn't usually make if I was working with a director because that's the director's decision. But I could do this since it was just an assignment, you know. And it turned out pretty well. I also did the music for it. And then I did all the sound design. I don't know. I got really into it. It was really fun because um, that was the first short film that I had gotten with all the rushes. That's the whole film and everything. The whole thing was malleable. I don't know how to say that word. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that was that was fun. That's my experience so far, really, with it. And yeah, I'll send the paper if you want. <laughs> no, 100%. I'd love it's to It's a fun read. read. I, did not, yeah. I know none of this when you sent me the, the movie, so it's interesting really? here. Okay, yeah. yeah I don't... And this isn't my ego talking. Like, I'm not being condescending. <laughs> like, I swear to you, like, the, the post-production teacher was like, yeah, this was scrapped and you're going to edit it because it's bad and, like, it's good practice, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. So I think my final question before... My final question. Okay, so my penultimate question is, it's kind of not a question. It's more of an activity of sorts. And it's basically the second half of this podcast, which we are doing sandwiched into the first half instead, is basically I asked you to pick three movies that you think are incredible editing. Um, I picked three as well. You came up with the great idea of not telling each other what movies we were going to talk about. Oh, yeah. I thought it'd be fun. Yeah, and I'm I'm very excited. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we've seen the other ones. If not, all the more reason to watch. But yeah. I was thinking we go back and forth because we, uh, you know, just say a little bit about what it's about. More specifically, yeah. why it's why the editing has stuck out over all the other films. Not all. That's dramatic. Yeah, over yeah, the yeah, other yeah. films. Yeah. I got seen. you. Yeah. Um, right, I'm gonna go Moneyball. Oh. Yeah. And I'm going to say why. The movie is like a master class on showing the actors' reactions to mm. what's being said. And the editing is just invisible. It's just beautiful how invisible it is. It's just such a cleanly edited film. The editor is Christopher Tellefson. But yeah, it's just, it's just a, it's breathtakingly invisible editing. It's beautiful. Wow, I forgot about Moneyball, if right? I'm being honest. It's a fire film. <laughs> and then once you think it. of it, yeah... I, I probably would like it a lot more. I was way too young when I saw it. Um, yeah. Aaron Sorkin script, too. It is I'm an Aaron mistaken. Sorkin script. Yeah. 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 You can kind of tell. You if can. You Aaron the, Sorkin's really distinct. Yeah. Yeah. Like five minutes of that and five minutes of the social network. You're like, yep, this yeah. is the same guy. So yeah. um, my first movie, I don't know if you've seen, have you seen The Third Man? No. It's a Carol Reed movie from, I think, 1949. 
Um, no, I haven't. So I wanted to highlight this because I recently watched it. It's it's also one of the most acclaimed movies of all time, which I did not know when I was watching really? it. What's it I've called? Never, <laughs> it's called The Third Man. Orson Welles is in it as The Third Man. Oh, okay. Um, Orson Welles. And it's, it's probably one of the most famous film noir films. And it's a pretty good mystery, but I was watching it with someone and he kept making me pause it and rewind because of the transitions in particular and like yeah. the smoothness of how it moves from scene to scene and yeah. certain techniques that like feel like they wouldn't have been utilized until decades later are present in this movie. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. There's like, it's a typical scene and like camera pans to the bushes, zooms in and then that opens up to a new screen. It kind of reminds me of how parts of Citizen Kane are edited too. Um, yeah well the thing is with those old movies is like they they like were the foundations yeah exactly and then i think the editing we use now yeah yeah and the smoothness just works really well his name is oswald hoffenrichter that might be wrong Um, (laughs) that might be bad pronunciation yeah well it's definitely bad pronunciation but i don't know you should definitely check it it out yeah i watched a few noir I i watched a few noir films I'm not the biggest noir guy. Quarantine. I've learned. I watch it for school. Okay. Yeah. Any any ones <laughs> that you'd recommend? No, I I find them really weird to be honest. But I see I see where the the learning where you can learn from them. I see yeah. how people can learn from them. Um, but yeah, just a big man, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Walton yeah. about. Um, cool. I will check that out though. Um, my second one's Memento. Okay, shameful admittance here i have not fully seen memento dude i know what really i know i know i started it and then forgot i started it and then i've never gotten to it when i I said earlier in the podcast where i was like there's this film i'll talk about later where the editing's really in your face it's that one memento because memento it's like in reverse and cut up really weirdly but it's like if you watch it twice you really get it so yeah yeah Oh, I really need to see it. Mm-hmm. I've only heard good things. And obviously it's, it's a Nolan good. movie and I've just never It's a Nolan movie, yeah. Yeah. Finishing it, yeah. And his brother wrote a short story. Definitely check it out. Uh have you seen Mulholland Drive? No. Oh my god. Prepare yourself. Dude, we haven't really seen each other's movies. Like you know of mine. But like I know. It's kinda crazy. <laughs> Low key better though. It'd be crazy if we said the same movies. That would be It would be. It would be. What's so, it called? It's called Mulholland Drive. It's a David Lynch movie edited by Mary Sweeney. Had to include it here because it's probably one of the most affecting examples of audience expectations being subverted. And then like the film just hitting you like a train in the last 30 minutes. And the editing becomes so frantic and disorienting that I didn't even see it in theaters. I saw it on my couch and was like... Didn't know how to react. I was just sitting there with my jaw dropped and just watching everything unfold and being thrown at you like this and everything coming together in a way that once you read about it it makes so much sense. But while you're watching it, you're like, what the actual hell is happening right now? Yeah. It's just so, so awesome. So, so like the structure, you like the structure a lot. Yeah. And just the way it's so honed in on these quick cuts at the end. Yeah. Definitely a good movie though. Good time pretty long but yeah. yeah um i'll check it out uh my third and final one is la Haine. let's go do you have you seen it of course 
Okay, classic. good, good. Yeah, it is a classic. Um, it's a 90s film, right? Mm. The, the editing is just, it's just great because the whole film is like, it's based on the ending, you know? Yeah. There's not really a, a like a, a big plot. Like they, they, just them sort of going around and it sort of all ties into the ending. And I think that it was edited really well. Yeah. Uh, I've not revisited that one since I watched it. Yeah. And crazy sure. ending, deeply crazy. affecting ending. For those that don't know, it's about three men in the project of France. Um, and the, a poli- the police officers killed uh, one of their peers. I don't know if they were friends or their peers. And there's like a bunch of social unrest and that uh, just follows their reaction to that. And it's, uh, it's a very good film. Yeah. Kind of like a cultural reset film too. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Which reminds me, I wanted to include City of God on here, but did not get, did Dude, not make that I, I have City of God. I was going to talk about it. I literally no was. Way. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to talk about it. I don't know when, but I, I, uh, I was going to put that on there, dude. That's a fire movie. Yes. Greatest. Yeah, Brazilian, right? Example. Yeah. A frantic <sighs> editing where it's oh. like, what is happening? Yeah. Dude, that, that is a great film. There's this one like scene in that film where, um, there's this kid like running and like, it's like split in two, the screen's split in two and yeah. then like it takes place at the same time. I was like, wow beautiful um, no there's so much happening and it all works which is for the crazy those part. who don't know that's a film about it, it, it there's a lot of characters in it um yeah but the one that i gravitated towards the most was the he was, was just this guy who was a, he wanted to be a photographer you know it's hard to explain it's hard to explain it but it's just about brazilian gangs um and yeah what, what decade what decade was that film do you know uh it was i believe 2002 if i'm not mistaken Okay. Early two thousand. Yeah. It's one of those movies that like as you're watching it, you can tell this revolutionized how oh, yeah. stories are told because of the way it's told. It's such a um, good film. Incredible. So yeah. is it was that your last one? Or did you just No, it was that? not. Okay. I was deciding between It's that funny that you mentioned that. Because what Lahain reminds me of or Lahain reminds me of City of God in a lot of ways. And yeah. just the way the story is told. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so naturally I'm like thinking about that recently just watched city of god for the first time as well don't know how yeah. it took me i so also long. can i give a can i give an honorable mention after of you of course of course all right you can give it right now um all the president's men okay have you never seen, seen that? that no it's about watergate the one thing i loved about it from an editing perspective is like they let the establishing shots like hold like it was like a minute a minute and a half of a set it's a two-hour movie from the 70s and uh, it was just, it breathes really well. It's, it's really cool. Oh, um, I need to watch it. Yeah. I was almost going to go this weekend too. Wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, so my final movie was Deciding Between City of God, All That Jazz. Which I don't know if you've seen. Incredible movie. Um, All That Jazz? Yeah, so good. Okay. So amazing. Is um, that the one, is that your third one? No. So my third one, I actually decided at the end because I knew we were going to talk about Ford and Ferrari for like a second. Okay. I had to give it to Parasite simply because okay. of the infiltrating the park scene and how I don't know if it's fully editing. So this might be like cheating a little bit, but the way the music <laughs> hits and yeah. the way it's edited between him telling the story and then the story actually happening on screen and the continuity between that. I just remember yeah. sitting in the theater and that was when I knew honestly during Parasite that like I understood why it had won the Palm d'Or and why it had you know, just garnered so much acclaim. 
that film is interesting because when I first watched it, it was almost like the subtitles were invisible. Yeah. You know, like I, I think I think that has something to do with editing. I need to look into it more. But just the way that it was shot made it really easy to to watch it as like a a foreign film. Um, what was his other film? Memories that's, of Murder. That's Boo. Yeah, Memories of Murder. That's also a great movie. Film. Oh my great god. Great movie. Um, yeah. No, I I looked into a lot of his a lot of his catalog after after Parasite came out, and it's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he's had a good run. Mother's a great one too. I don't know if you've seen Mother. Yeah. Um, wild opening scene. I haven't seen that. Is that well, is that I'm, newer? Or older? I believe two thousand and nine, pre Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. I think after the host. I, think I, can, I can't believe you said Snowpiercer. Yeah. Is it? It's not he really did, his vibe. Is it? I think the class battle aspect is. It's a oh, bit more. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I never don't watched seen, it. I don't know if you've seen Okja on Netflix, which is a Bong Joon-ho movie. That okay. feels like the one everyone forgets about, but is very good. Um, okay. Just another, check that out. Another Bong movie to recommend. But yeah, I, I had to give it to Parasite. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. The subtitles did not notice. Um, yeah, yeah. I got unlucky at that at the screening I went to too, and was in the front row. And like, I was too. No way. At Parasite, yeah, because the movie with the the theater was packed. Yeah, it yeah. was so full, and I I got like the front seat, but I got it worse. I got the front to the far right seat. Yeah, that is much worse. I yeah, <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to also be in the front, so I wanted. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's go. I got to explain this. But yeah, that is so much yeah. worse. Oh my God, it was. It the was. neck issues for life. But then you like forget about it once the movie starts. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very enthralling movie. movie, yeah. So um, I was going to say, I like to end all Q&As with this because a podcast right. I listen to always says that. But it's not okay. even that question. And also, this is the only Q&A done on this podcast. <laughs> but it needs to be asked. Um Honestly, feel free to name as many as you'd like, but what are the best movies or TV shows, old or new, that you've seen this year that you want to recommend? Uh, City of God was on there. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, City of God. I saw that this year. Okay. Um, That's I crazy I, just, I brought it up. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I ended up having I, a I lot of impact. The, I can't believe that you did. Um, one, another one I saw this year... Uh, was the lighthouse? It's a good crazy, one. Crazy, crazy film. That was really good. Um, I love Willem Dafoe. I think he's cool as hell. A king. Yeah, a king. For real. He's in so much too. He's had yeah, quite he a is. career. He really has. He's in the new the French Dispatch. He's gonna be in that one. Is he? That cast Dude, is read too the cast big. list. It's too insane. big. It's like it's uh, there's so many people. Um, yeah, the lighthouse, and then my, and then Howl's Moving Castle. I just saw recently my first uh, Hayazaki film, actually. No, second, second. My first one was the one about the airplane. Porco Rosso, or The Wind Rises. The Wind Rises. Great movie. Great oh. movie. Yeah. Emotional knockout. Fun. Howl's Moving Castle is is more tame, but that one is that one is good. Yeah. It's just good vibes the entire time. Yeah. You gotta love it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Uh, um, I I highly recommend continuing the journey through his work. Yeah, I will not be disappointed. Too. I'm sort of like it's sort of like a special treat for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm sort of saving it for like when I when I want one. Like I don't want to like watch binge them all. You know what I mean? 
that's the better way so, to do it speaking from yeah. the binging experience spacing yeah. them out is better also um what i like to say to, to people going on the miyazaki journey if anyone's listening uh i think i talked about this in the ghibli episode too look into takahata's work the other prominent studio ghibli director as well because okay. the way their films complement each other but are more more of these odd words structurally and thematically different is super interesting and then yeah paints a complete picture like his films are a lot more modest and kind of yeah okay I'll, subtle I'll, but they're really really good as well you guys should look into it too yeah highly recommend <laughs> oh my god i'm glad you're doing that how's moving castle is a good one yeah it is it is it is I, I also i like watching them in japanese yeah can't replicate yeah. it i watched i watched this um video essay about how miyazaki i don't know if you've seen it but I'll send it I'm to you. Not, we just talked yeah, about send it my how, way. how the U.S. movies like ruin the soundtrack. Yeah, I'll send it to yeah, you. Yeah, because he's had a collab with um, Joe oh. Hisashi. Oh, Studio Ghibli Disney. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Disney. Like, I, I'll, if I'll just I'll, I'll keep this really short, but Disney essentially forced um, Hayao Miyazaki to use to extend the sixty-minute score to a ninety-minute score for his films. Mm-hmm. So there's music always playing. And um, Hayao Miyazaki in the Japanese releases, they put more effort into the sound design and letting that shine instead of music the whole time. So if you want to ever rewatch a Miyazaki film, watch it in Japanese because it's sick. Yeah. I don't know if you have. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's crazy. I know they tried to make him cut down one of his movies and then he was like very strict about not cutting his movies. Oh, yeah. 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 They, they, Disney just tried to make it work for American audiences, which they didn't need to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. Jude Nelson, thank you so much. Hey, follow me at JUD.E. I post some cool photography sometimes. Let's go. I was just <laughs> going to ask you. I was just going to ask you to drop your tags. Yeah. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Very interesting stuff that I had no idea about. That very, very good first podcast appearance among many yeah, other phrases. You, yeah. Um, so yeah, you know where to follow Jude. Um, <laughs> and then I am at Kave Jolinas on Instagram and Twitter. Check out my reviews at Kave J Reviews or at Under the Radar Magazine, which they are linked through Kave J Reviews. Um, Jude, thank you once again for joining. Yeah, of course, man. And I will see you in two weeks in the screening room. Peace out. Yeah.